All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. 877-37-GRIND is your number. All right, I want to le- welcome in the score, Lubbock in. Um, you know, we were just basically getting into, I just got a leaderboard update with the U.S. Open that's underway. Um, and then we kind of transitioned because of some um, chatter and Facebook activity from Shelby. Um, and, you know, kind of one of our topics that we were going to touch on today uh, was about the running back position that has basically spread across other platforms in the country in regards to being an NFL topic. Um I'm surprised it took this long. You know, I had to be the one. I was like, I was waiting for to add this to the docket. And I'm saying, let somebody, I said, hey, I've just got to go to let these, at least this region, the South Texas region, where everybody's choosing to move from the East Coast, the West Coast, and everything else, and just flood Texas. I got to let them know, like, look, we've got something going on with this running back situation. And behold, we've got Jonathan Taylor, probably one of the, if not the best running back in the game, one of them, top two. I think you can pick your choice between him and Chubb. But before what we that, so that's what we were talking to, and we're going to transition to that. But one of the topics that I was waiting to uh, get to until um, y'all joined us, speaking of the Lubbock audience, was the news of Mike Leach being inducted um, to the Ring of Honor. Um, in Texas Tech. And so along with Cliff Kingsbury, by the way. So I had a question. I was going to just wanted to have the discussion and put it out there, but I wanted to wait for y'all. But we'll get to that. So let's let's go back a little bit uh, and continue this running back um situation based off of Shelby's comments and kind of where you broke it down and where y'all kind of see it. Uh but before I kind of elaborate into more of the take, uh what exactly was Jonathan Taylor's um <clears throat> quote from yesterday's OTA practice about I think he kind of touched on his situation and then pretty much what he felt about the running back situation we have a few quotes here highlighted by Stephen Holder of ESPN um, starting off with uh, you definitely don't you definitely have to pay attention just so you know speaking of the market okay what type of space are you entering into and you just hope from the track record here uh, speaking of Indianapolis of course Jonathan Taylor that things are being evaluated the right way. Um, continuing on, you know, after uh, the evaluation of other running backs, you know, in, in, in a similar spot, he says, "You see why guys request trades? They just want to feel valued by not only their coaches, their teammates, but the organization as well." He said, "We have, uh, we definitely have approached the contract and speaking with the Colts, um, and hopefully they can see the value." Um. And then, um, while Jonas adds that, let me go ahead and give you uh, real quick, because I know I made a note of it, um, Austin Eckler, which we've talked about for the last couple of months. We've, we brought up, I brought up his contract situation with the Chargers. And um, Austin Eckler, um, when was speaking of the franchise tag and the state of the running backs, um, he said, quote, He said, franchise tags. He said, quote, it's tough for me to accept. And he kind of went on about the other, because right now, when when you hear, because when they showed it last night, when you hear Jonathan Taylor, of course, he knows his situation. uh, But when you hear Eckler and he knows his situation and he's just dealing with a cheap, I mean, they kind of both are tight and cheap, both ownerships. 
the Spano family and Ursay. I would even go as okay. far to say most ownerships are tight and cheap. Not even uh, just those two. I'd say most. I don't know. Let me see. Are you talking about just we're just talking about NFL, right? Yeah, we can stick with the NFL on that um, one. Nah, I disagree. Um, because I know forever the stigma for the real bad ones were the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, they had a reputation, and I'm talking really prior, probably before Marvin Lewis even got there. They had a reputation of being very cheap and frugal. There's a lot of teams. There, there. Look, levels to everything. There, there's. I'm not saying it just stops with the Colts and the Chargers, but there's more. There's more teams that are willing to spend money to win than uh, than the ones that are not that are cheap. I'll say that. But for the sake of when you're talking about Jonathan Taylor speaking on his situation and Austin Eckler, they're really coming to the defense of Barkley, and they're talking about Barkley too. Um, look, Barkley, Dalvin Cook, yeah, released. a, a lot sure. of it. See, Zeke. my whole point of this situation is is that, and and I'm going to stick it to show. Uh, Stick to Shelby's point when Shelby says that it's become the running back position has not become important. Is that how she said? Um, let me see. Yes, so as vital backs are still uh, are still vital to the NFL. So the running backs are still vital to the NFL. I disagree. with comes back positions quickly fading away. Look, you know, even Kate. When, let's just go back to what I'm saying about how important the running back is. I mean, even you know, Casey Rob was talking about basically the situation with um, at the goal line. What did everybody tell uh, you know Pete Carroll to do? Run the ball. What did he do? He let Russ run. Why don't you run it? You had Marshawn Lynch. You know, even Casey Rob brings up the situation with the Falcons. Oh, up twenty-eight to three. What should you done? You should have run the ball more. So that that's not even debatable. It's not. And, and that's why when I went through the whole fantasy football thing, it's a problem because fantasy football has ruined people's mind thoughts of what they think of a particular individual player and a position and how to value because it's, it's not flashy. It's not basically stats. The bottom line is the whole point of why you hear Jonathan Taylor. Do you ever hear? Have you ever heard quarterback positions come out and rally and talk about how they're getting treated and the money they're not getting? Before we wanted to think this became a passing league, or it, it, it hasn't. Have we? Have we? Have we even? And let me give you even other one. And, and and these, I'm giving these points to show you how serious this topic is and how this isn't normal. Yes, positions go in cycles, but we've never seen a position of this importance be straight up and said, "Hey, you know what? We're just not going to pay that position anymore." Tight ends. Since we want to talk about, since we want to bring up two tight end sets, three tight end sets, and we want to bring up the position tight end. We saw Jimmy Graham go through a sticky contract talk and situation with the Saints back in the day um, with um, Sean Payton. When Sean was lining him up 30% of the snaps, Jimmy Graham was lining up like a wide receiver. The other was tight end. When it came down to get paid, uh, his agent and Jimmy Graham want to get paid like a tight, uh, like a wide receiver. We've had other tight ends in that situation as well, too, when you talk about, am I getting really paid as a receiver or tight end? Have we ever heard a tight end group come out and rally and say, we're just getting undervalued and underpaid? No, you haven't. Pass rushers. Have we ever heard pass rushers have to rally and say, hey, man, you know what? We're getting undervalued. We're not paid or we're undervalued. 
we've seen the NFL blackball an individual. We've seen them make a make a is bad for business. We're not going to do it. We've seen the NFL get rid of one of their brothers, their private memory country club brothers, when they not because basically he wanted naked pictures of the cheerleading squad, not because he was letting VPs and director of operations and suits play grab ass with females through the organization. It was because he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar withholding revenue sharing from the owner. Speaking of Daniel Snyder, they got him to sell the team. But Jonas swore up and down there was naked pictures of Jerry Jones and everything else, and Daniel Snyder was not going to sell this team. My point that I'm trying to get to you, we've seen the NFL make business decisions when they don't want to collectively do something. General managers and ownership has made a collective pat. Do y'all think that they just meet in? Do, do, do you think about this? Do y'all think that they just really have like, like, Owners meetings twice a year. They meet in the Super Bowl. They meet before the season starts, like a little bit before draft and all that. Do y'all think that they just meet twice a year just to play patty cake and spades? No, they talk about the state of the league and how they can make it better privately and what they want to do and what the financial situation is looking like and who are the problems and what are we doing. So collectively, when you're talking about a, a period where you have Dalvin Cook, Barkley, Kareem Hunt, Zeke Elliott, and I can't even think another list. And we're probably thinking of guys we ain't even think of. When you have a plethora of guys that are out and we're about to complete our last day of mandatory OTAs and camp starts in three or four weeks, when you got that many guys, yes, and I, and I told you the other day, I think it is some of these guys are asking for too much money. It's the money. But we have not seen a collective position of talent that's out there, veterans or young, out there sitting and dangling like this. You don't like – when we went through the um, – you know, usually when, you know, in, when free agency first opens up and usually whatever the, the, the bulk of that free agency, whatever the need is, whatever, we usually see like the top two or three a position of like an offensive lineman, a pass rusher, or a quarterback. We see them taken up immediately when teams have them targeted, gone. And we see levels. I always talk about level two of free agency, level three. We are in about to wrap up. We are three weeks away from camp, maybe four, a little over four weeks away from camp. And we've got some guys that are out and they all particularly play a position. What I'm telling you is that I believe there's been a collective effort to devalue a position and really treat it like it's not important when it's one of the most important aspects on an NFL team in being competitive and winning. You need a quarterback to win. You need a quarterback to win. So you, first of all, let me tell you this. You need a quarterback that's competent. That basically can can manage a game that can basically be a leader to win a Super Bowl. You don't need a Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl. It helps. It makes it easier. It covers up for a lot of warts you got on the other other parts of the team. Whether we're talking about protecting a lead, whether we're talking about helping out a struggling quarterback, or whether we're talking about whatever you protecting, running backs are used to hide a bad defense. Don't believe the false propaganda from GMs and coaches. And because I don't really, the good coaches are good. I don't hear them speaking of it anyway. It's just it's business. 
they know how important a running back is in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor never speaks about nothing, man. You you have to you have to go subscribe to the Indy Star. You have to be down there locally to hear Jonathan Taylor talk negative about anything. Even when he was at Wisconsin, you didn't hear him say anything. He just said about three, four months ago, like, well, it was about probably toward the course of the season, in the season last year, I hear him say the call, the, the contract. There's no thing, it'll work itself out. He sees what's going on. They all see it's not normal. And all I'm telling you is I've watched and paid attention to football for a long time. I've never seen a, a certain skill position that this is important that has gone through this stretch and this long stretch of being devalued on purpose when everybody, if you know anything about football, you know how important the running back position era is. It doesn't matter whether it's a passive league, whether it's the fact of you got to have the quarterback first, Patrick Mahomes is more important than any running back you name. It's about when you get in situational football, whether you're trying to protect a defense, whether you're trying to help a struggling running back, or you're just trying to run, you need a run, you need somewhat of a decent running game. And I think that's why you hear more of players speaking out of caliber because they know, well, hold on, wait a minute, this ain't this this ain't right. The only running back that hasn't had to fight for his money really in the last seven, eight years is one guy. And ironically, he's unemployed right now still. And that's Zeke Elliott. Zeke's the only guy that hasn't had a running position running back that has not had to really fight for his that had to not really fight to get paid. If I'm not mistaken, Zeke fought like hell to get paid. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Zeke got paid before um, D Demarcus Lawrence. He got paid way before him. There was no struggle. There was nothing to get Zeke paid. You know why? Because he was a Jerry guy and he was marketable. You're wrong on that, sir. He was the first one to get paid out of all of them. He got paid before Demarcus Lawrence. He didn't. He got more paid than basically Randy Gregory that was over there. He got paid for. He got paid before Dak. So I don't know. I don't know what league you're paying attention to. He got. I just named. He got paid the first of Dallas. Why do you think most Dallas Cowboy fans are so ready? Because they're all oh, that. And, and and I'm glad you brought that up. Because why do you think the perceptions of NFL writers out there and everybody and like I've been saying, they think Zeke is just sucks. He just then fell off the cliff. That's why he's not signed. No man. And why do you think that Zeke is his contract? Everybody refers back to his contract. It can be a bad deal, but he still fought through it. And 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 and. and Double-checked myself. Zeke Elliott held out with two years left on his rookie contract because he wanted to be paid. He wanted paid early. And it was fighting like hell. It, I, was, it wasn't just Jerry Jones opening up the checkbook and saying, here's Zeke, here's for, all for, the money for, that you want. And, and, you know, in, it, in hindsight, it looks like a right. bad deal. But it's no. because he leveraged himself because of the, he was the face of the franchise. And you know what we're leaving because out of this, Jonas? Because he was a, a dynamic franchise you, you, running you, back you, in you, Dallas. You, you, know what's, you, know, you know what we're leaving out of this, both me and you in this whole Zeke situation? What did Zeke have? Zeke had cases pending off the field about the pulling the blouse up of the lady. He had a situation in Ohio State. Jerry Jones was always going to pay that. He was serving a suspension. We were dealing with a suspension. When he gained the weight and he went to Cabo to go and train, Zeke didn't fight for his money. Just because he went out, he, it got held up because he had stuff pending. My point to you is this. No, he wanted it no. early because he knew that right. he wasn't going to see another contract. He fought for it. It wasn't just handed to him. How many games him. he missed? It wasn't just handed to him. How many games in the training uh, camp did he miss? I'll pull it up, I'll pull it up here in a, in a second because I, I, I want to straighten things, something out here. And, and, and maybe, you know, maybe Shelby's putting it a different way. 
I'm not saying that the running game isn't vital to the NFL. What I'm saying is you don't have to have that franchise running back anymore, and you don't have to drop $16 million, $15 million, which is why the franchise tag is sitting there at 10. You don't have to pay those guys that because are they a are they equaling production? What are Austin Eckler? He yeah he accounted for twenty two touchdowns last year in that offense. That's worth it to me. I'd pay Eckler, but let me let me turn it around and look at let's look at Dalvin Cook. Let's look at Jonathan Taylor. None of the teams you can you can say situationally yes. When it comes down to eating clock, yes, you need to have a running game, but you need to have that the one running back, and that's what they're fighting for. The one running back. You have to clarify that. I know we're up against it. You can clarify that for me when you get back. We listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spit of the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pendleton Whiskey. All right, keep in mind, Pendleton Whiskey is an oak barrel whiskey that's distilled uh, in Canada. All right, using the finest ingredients. Also, keep in mind, before bottling glacier fed spring water is added to Mount Hood, which is Oregon's highest peak, by the way. And keep in mind, Pillin Whiskey was specifically created to uh, celebrate the bold spirit of independence and hard work and ethic of American cowboy and cowgirl. Pillin Whiskey is an official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and their official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour. And their official whiskey of the Sports Grind and official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
877-37-GRIND. All right, so real quick before we move on to the running back position. Um, so you said that Zeke held out until when you said? September 4th. He missed all of camp. Okay, but he didn't, but he missed no regular season games, and he missed all of camp. And you know why he missed all of camp? Because he knew Jerry was going to pay him that money anyway. And the only reason why it took as long is because his off-the-field situation. That's all I meant by that. I'm just saying, so your opinion, he had to fight. My opinion is that basically he's a – you know what? I'll meet you in the middle. He's really the only running back to really get paid. And maybe he got paid a little bit over his worth. I mean, because you look at Tennessee didn't run to go give Derrick Henry that money. And, and, and a lot of people think Derrick Henry's the best back in the league. When, so, you, when you go to the time, and unfortunately – it's the backs that came before our current group that forced teams to scramble and maybe come up with solutions. At the time of Zeke's contract, the highest paid running back in the NFL, Todd Gurley. Okay? So when you look at the running back position, yes, and to, to go back to my point from last segment, a running game is necessary. A running game. And to clarify on what, because you had, it won't going into break, you had a question there. You don't have to have that franchise back. Look at the rushing leaders from last year, and look at how many of them uh, in, in that, that led the league in rushing were playoff teams or contenders. Isaiah Pacheco, the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, was their leading rusher with 830 yards. I just okay. they, 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 when you look ahead. at the team, Patrick Mahomes at quarterback was third leading the third leading rusher because he scrambles. Look at home. look at Philadelphia, the other team to be there. Jalen Hurts, the second leading rusher. Okay, we're seeing a different era of quarterback. We're seeing a, 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 a need at receiver to be more versatile. Your Tyreek Hill is being paid like that because your Debo Samuel is being paid like that because. And a running back, especially those that don't want to pass block or that aren't aren't necessarily the dual threat come out that you know pass catching and running and rushing running back. Those guys that just want to put their head down and run the ball. It's a dying breed. I, I, I they, we are in a different era, and there's I a think, reason why they're valued at ten million dollars. I, I think. I think basically, there will. To me, the reason why they're valued—that's where I think the disconnect is from me and you and Shelby, because in my opinion, they're disvalued because basically that's what was chosen by the powers to be to disvalue, and the reason why they were the position to be chosen by the by to be valued by the powers to be of the owners and the general managers who come up with the salary cap, who have to manage a salary cap, is because they feel look the, the the theory is there's there's college teams have four to five backs on a roster They're a dime a dozen. but see that's when you and, and I take offense to that because I believe that there are certain running backs that are on different levels and and the whole point of me like look this whole last 24 48 hours on this topic on the show is really about me bringing to the light that this is something that basically is going under the radar but now we have the participants at hand that are talking about that is affecting because like I said I got and I'll say it again there's not been pass rushers 
There not have been left tackles. There not have been quarterbacks. There not have been cornerbacks. And there not have been safeties that five to, in an offseason, seven to eight guys that are out there looking for work or whatever all have spoken up. It hasn't happened. So to me, on the level, especially the talent that we got, it has been devalued or from the dollar standpoint is because that was chosen because they feel like they're a pick of the litter. But when it comes, my whole point, when it comes full circle, you can say we're in a different time and you can pay these stats and all that. The game ain't, yeah, the rules have changed. It's become more easy to go. Rules favor more of the offense. You don't see, there's a few teams that carry fullbacks on their roster still, but you don't see that. But what has not changed is the running back position is still an important play and position in four quarters of football whether we're talking 1950 70 80 90 and that's the reason why usually when you're talking about we've given you like i said we've given you examples casey rob's giving you examples i've told you basically number of this i'm just telling you that in my opinion because you think it's been i understand i get you clearly you're not saying that it's not vital but where me and you are going back and forth is that you think that this is just because of the Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allens and the Jeffersees and the Diggs of the world. And I'm telling you, no, this is basically calculated to say we're not paying those guys. This is the most we're paying the position. We don't care who it is. But then when you look on Sundays, there are other guys that are at that position that are more valuable to their teams. Prime example, because I don't want to spend the whole show on this, but I'm going to tell you this. Chubb is an unrestricted free agent as a running back in Cleveland come 2024-25. If we're still doing this, if it comes to the point where either Browns fans, which all y'all say run the damn ball, run Stefanski, but it doesn't matter, it doesn't. though. Chubb, okay, but but that, but that's just to show you, and you arguably has told me off the record, you think Chubb, pound for pound, is the best back in the league. So come like to, so when he's yeah. an unrestricted free agent after 24, and it's obvious that he, because I think he takes good care of his body, if he doesn't have any major injuries, and it comes to a point that whether what has happened with Deshaun Watson has maybe made y'all North contenders, y'all won a North, when Chubb wants one more money, or he has to go or whatever, then I don't want to hear anything from you to say any, you can have your opinion, but I'm not going to listen to anything with you talk about either chubb take this or don't come on it's going to be i'm going to expect you to say go to the next one you understand that chubb that's all i'm saying you understand that chubb the best cleveland browns running back since jim brown i don't care what uh, he hold, is hold, hold on i'm hold going on. by because let me, let, let me finish it hold on hold your on your take doesn't support that hold on it doesn't support hold that hold on hold on here the best browns running back since jim brown did left money on the table speaking publicly so that he could pay his running mate, Kareem Hunt, okay, to keep him around. Every time they've been asked about Kareem Hunt, he says, I want to keep him there. And I'm okay. looking at his salary, and I've looked at it, and it's fine. I'm talking about when they come, when your organization. I, I understand. I don't I understand. care the good you, Samaritan you, to say he left money on the table. That I'm Calvin. talking about when your organization comes and lowballs him. When they come and give him what he thinks is a disrespected offer, uh -huh. you say move on to the next one because that's what that's your model. That, that's what okay, that's fine. Uh, that's we can what, move. That's on. what they're going to do because they they don't value Cleveland. Hold on, Cleveland does not value the running back position to the level that the fan base does because the fan base. And analysts everywhere understand, too, that when you have one of the best running backs out there, and he is, and to another point here, a three-down back, which a lot of these running backs that want to get Jonathan paid. Jonathan Taylor's not a three-down back? Is he, is he available? Yes, he had his first injury deal with maybe yes, last, week, with, last year with a foot. Yes, he's durable, and he's a three-down back. Okay, so you can pay a three-down back. You know how much Chubb is making? 
Yeah, he's making about twelve million dollars a year. Yeah, two more, two million yeah. more than the, than the and, franchise. And he's a free the agent in twenty twenty four. The franchise tag that everybody's complaining about right now. We're complaining. We're, we have Saquon Barkley feeling undervalued at two million less a year than the guy who has continued, who has, who year after year, despite not being ran, has been in the top five in rushing each year. And he has been available more than a Let Saquon me ask Barkley. You, if, if I'm saying that this goes in cycles, and this, you know, you have certain positions where now, you know, you say the quarterback Zeke positions was 15, out there. Five years right. ago. Okay, but what what I'm telling you, first of all, like I said, the devalue of running back started back then, even started before then. It's been a while. That's why this whole take is on this show for two days straight. My point is not that I see what's going on. My point is is that I haven't seen a position go through this for as long as they have, as important the running back position is. That's all I'm saying. But you know, you know. Looking at the rules, the NFL wants it aired out. Look at the way they've constructed the rules. It's not built to, to pay the running back or to highlight the running back. So if the, if the front office is looking that I have to that this is it's going to be more advantageous for me to go ahead and, and pay receivers who know how to get a penalty fifty yards downfield, so we can go ahead and just off of one penalty end up inside the twenty then I need to have a passing game that's going to allow for this. I don't need the running back. I can have my quarterback. I can put a tight end back there. Cordell Patterson, so you don't need, so Cordell Patterson switched from wide receiver Jonas, to running one back. Breath, to and, one, and, one, and one breath, you're telling me that you do understand it's vital, and then two takes later, you're just sitting there saying, you don't need a running back if you got this, this, and this. You, Which one is you, it? You don't need a running back. You need a running game. You don't need a the running back. And I think the running backs do it better than just any other running game. Just like the pass rusher, that stud and, is better than just any and, and pass what, rusher that's just there. And when you look at the leading rushers in the NFL, looking at the teams that have their feature backs, not running by committee, and you have to look at the fact that McCaffrey came over from the Panthers. I bet you McCaffrey's numbers and his touches look a little bit different if he was in San, San Francisco the whole year. And we'll see what that looks like this year. Because it's gonna, it, they run. He runs a running back by committee, Shanahan. I, but I think he 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 interchanged running back. But he's always gonna have a running back that's that's gonna get McCaffrey's still gonna have the most numbers out of all those running backs next year. He might have the most numbers, but is he gonna have fourteen hundred yards? It doesn't. The point of it's it because is there's the, not. You don't need the running back. You need a running game. Which is, again, most when we look at the NFL draft, there's only one or two guys each year that you look at and you can make an argument. He's a three-down back. I just, I mean, we can move on. I mean, like I said, we're going to disagree. I'm just saying that basically when I brought this up Monday or Tuesday, you thought that basically I was making a mountain out of a molehill. You thought that this was just crazy. And ironically, hold on, ironically, We've got the guys that are in the profession that's playing. In the last 24 hours, we've had three predominant backs speak up about this. Like I said, I will continue to say this. We can move on. There's not been a position. And I'll just, I won't even go back to the history of the NFL. I'll go in the last 10 years, 15 years. There hasn't been a position where we've seen six or seven guys in an offseason have to speak up because they think that. Why do you think they're purposely speaking up? Because they purposely think it has nothing to do about whether you got a Patrick Mahomes or whether you got this. This has to do with almost, or there's, it's not technically that, but this is in the cousins of collusions against running backs. We're just not going to pay them. It has nothing to do about the way the rules have changed. It doesn't have to do nothing that. What I'm telling you is that, yes, it is more important to have a Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or whoever than basically a Jonathan Taylor, a Chubb. Yes, I agree with you on that. 
What I'm disagreeing with is the disparity, the way they get treated to sit there and say, oh, man, you can pick a back up in the sixth, seventh round and just do. No, man, there's levels to everything. There's levels. There's importance. They get treated. They're on the board of getting more expendable than kickers. And we've got rule. You want to talk about rule changes? There's rule changes every year that looks like they want to eliminate the kicker from the game. And running backs have become more expensive. They're on the verge. I'm not going to go there yet. I'm not going to over-exaggerate. But they're on the path to become more expendable than kickers the way they're treated. And there are rules. Since you want to go to rules, there's rules that are trying to eliminate the kicking from special teams and extra points from the game. Not the running back. Because you know you can't win that ultimate trophy without having a running game. And some of these guys are better than not, than the average guy. Where there's durability and all that. And, and fortunately for the <laughs> kickers... As long as it is a part of the game, there's only one guy on that team that does that job. So they're so they're going to have some some. They don't have to come out here and speak about how much a kicker is making. They all understand that they they're not they're not nailing them from sixty yards out like Tucker. They mm. under they understand that part. Okay. And and as soon as you phase kicking out of the game entirely, yeah. Then but but the running backs why they're speaking out, Cal, is because they do see the writing on the wall. They see this, and, they, and they're fighting and, for job security. Doctor, doctor, and like you always like to say, life's not fair. The NFL is evolving. It's changing. And the, and the running backs are upset because they see their position. Argue, they're, they're being able to be a one-trick uh, one one pony at the running back position. They're seeing that get phased out of the NFL. Of course they're going to raise I, I, the, about the it. The running back position is not getting phased out of the NFL. It's never going to get phased out of the NFL. A singular running back who only runs. That's just, because just of, like just like the, the, the going back to the comment about the fullback. That's because of workload. That's because first of all, it's workload. I'm the one that comes in here and preaches for years, saying that basically you the days of having that workhorse. I just said this three weeks ago. The days of having the Derrick Henry's probably the last of dying breed. That don't mean that you pay him peanuts. That don't mean you got eight guys in one position sitting there. Hey, this is bigger. Which, which y'all don't understand that when they talk about this, because again, it's the fanatic aspect. Y'all don't understand that these guys are talking about, because this ain't about like, well, man, dude, my agent can't get me this number. This case, oh, you can't get nothing, John. They're speaking up because it's the cousins of damn near almost Kaepernick. They're getting that because the powers of be have chose like, hey, we're not going to basically pay y'all that position. We just not. Because you know why? Because it's a lot harder for us to go out and find the next competent quarterback in college where we can draft you and a younger you. And not only that, let's mix in what we haven't talked about, you the shelf life of a running back. I'm just telling you there's a lot of factors, and it don't mean it's right. And don't mean that this is just about the evolution of rules in the game. No, the owners meet in the offseason for reason, people, for reason. They're not playing spades, man. They're not playing dominoes. These the, the way they want to run a business, that's part of that said, hey, man, we're just not going to do that. What's the position? Well, the running back with it. Well, we've got this and this. And I'm telling you, there hasn't been a team in recent history that has gone on to win the Super Bowl that has had a non running game period. And usually if you want to say let's not focus on the sexy name, let's take the Jonathan Taylor's, the Chubbs, the Marshawn Lynch's or whoever we want to say. But usually if you have a running back that basically is part of what you're saying, well, he's a third. He's a he was a fourth round pick. He's a he was on the practice squad and we pulled him up and he goes and shines and he shows that, hey, I've got skills and you're going to win a Super Bowl. That running back usually wants to get paid then now. So it's an ongoing cycle. So when you say you don't have to have that guy, that's a real anybody. Terrell Davis was not that guy when he came out. He played special teams. 
Okay, I watched football a long time, man. In the business, and you're he's played. The, I don't care. The point is, he's he wasn't that guy. He developed in that guy. So I'm just talking about your your particular take about you don't have to you have that guy. You can't you can't compare 30 years ago. Jonas, let's talk 2023. What no, I'm telling please, you, I'd okay, like yeah, yeah. What I'm telling you is that if you have a third string running back that all of a sudden makes it and says, okay, running back one went down, two went down, and he runs and he has a good season, and that team runs the Super Bowl, and you can see he's an integral part of that. When it comes up to his contract time, technically he wasn't that guy, according to Jonas. He wasn't Chubb. He wasn't Taylor. But he won. Eventually, that guy is going to want to be respected. But what I'm trying to tell you, it's a fixed fight. Just like some, just just like some people get frustrated when they watch boxing matches, and because we're all looking and judge scores this way, whatever. Because sometimes it's fixed. And I'm telling you, the dollars wise in that position, it's a fixed fight. They're per, it has nothing to do with the rules. It doesn't do that. This ain't 1990. It's 23. The reason why you got all these guys coming to speak like this. Like I said, it ain't happening with pass rushers. It ain't happening with quarterbacks. It ain't happening with safeties. It ain't happening with cornerbacks. We're talking about six to seven guys that are coming out to speak to say, wait a minute, yo, this is this something something's going on now. You're disrespecting me with an offer. That's all I'm saying. If Derrick Henry, <laughs> who you say is one of the last of a dying breed, is making twelve point five million dollars, how much is a Saquon Barkley worth? If 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 Derrick Henry is an exception, and I'm looking at top paid running backs this season, average salary per year. So this is not all up front. This is not how much they're making this year. This is their average salary per year. Right. Christian McCaffrey is special. He's number one at 16. He catches out the backfield and when healthy, or that's that's a big asterisk there. Number two, Alvin Kamara. Not just a running back, catches out of the backfield, multifaceted. He's 15. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook right now, 12.6. That's what he was at. Derrick Henry, 12.5. Nick Chubb, 12.2. Joe Mixon, 12. Aaron Jones at 11.5. And, and then your franchise tags all sitting there at 10. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. because How I much think, are you paying I, the other guys? Well, well, I will tell you right now, there's like I always tell you about that pitcher that don't belong here. And I know how important he's been to Joe Burrow. But I'm sorry, Joe Mixon shouldn't only be about a couple million dollars behind Derrick Henry or either with Chubb. I think he's a little bit too overpaid. So, so that just shows you how the top dogs, Joe Mixon, and I understand he's important to Joe Barrow, but Joe Mixon shouldn't only be a few million, few million dollars behind Derrick Henry. That just shows you it's funny money, it's phony money, it's phony money, man. But like I said, when Chubb walks, keep it moving, keep it moving. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosakis. Get a dose. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spinner the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
it's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.